This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 189, episode 189 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Be Fit, The Hobby, Rambling with a Purpose, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, A Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, 30, Flirty, and Surviving, and so many other great podcasts. If you're into sports cards, you can always check out The Card Vault down at Patriot Place or down at Foxwoods Resort Casino, and you can always check them out on Whatnot, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, insert uh, a social media application here, probably Twitter too, for live breaks through Card Vault breaks go to cardvault.com to get all of your information if you're into sports cards and then banner banter podcast merchandise oh yeah it's here bignightshop.com go to big night media select the banner banter podcast option and we have brand new merchandise it's brand new new hoodies tote bags water bottles quarter zips candles hats the whole shebang we got it all and you can use the code BBP18, BBP18, for 20% off your entire order. It's only good until Sunday. This is just a NBA opening week offer, all right? Help me support this podcast in any way that you can. It will be greatly appreciated, and you can always subscribe on whatever application that you're listening to as well. Leave a rating, a comment, whatever your heart desires. I would really and truly appreciate that, but yeah. BBP, like Banner Banter Podcast, and the number 18, because we're striving for Banner 18. So BBP 18 for 20% off brand new Banner Banter Podcast merchandise. Sound good? Okay, great. Guess what? If you're listening on Monday, tomorrow, tomorrow, you're only a day away. The NBA season starts, and the very first game of the NBA season is at TD Garden with your Boston Celtics, my Boston Celtics. We are back, baby. We're officially back. The regular season is here. I am. Let's just say it's uncomfortable that I'm wearing basketball shorts, okay? So if you're listening to this in the shower right now, just know I'm un- I'm un- as uncomfortable as you are, okay? Anyways, but yeah, first game of the NBA season, TD Garden, 7.30 p.m., Philadelphia 76ers are coming to town. It's going to be on TNT. I think the Celtics have to come pissed off. I think the, the Celtics have to shut up everyone. I think Joe Missoula needs to shut up a lot of people and say, hey, that Eme thing sucked. We don't want to talk about it anymore. We're here to play some hoops, and we're going to fuck some shit up. But the, 
the negative part about that is sometimes when you get over like overhyped and there's there's too much excitement sometimes you can lose focus on the game and there's a lot of hype behind the Philadelphia 76ers right now I mean Harden is now there for their second year Tyrese Maxey is going to be so good this year he's going to be a really a a difference maker for them more than he was last year clearly Joel Embiid one of the top five best players in the NBA he wants an MVP so badly he doesn't like the Celtics then you have you know Matisse Thibel he gives Tatum and Brown hell Tobias Harris is you know very hit or miss they now have PJ Tucker PJ Tucker's played for the Bucks. he's played for the Heat he knows what the Celtics are all about it's a big game so can Al Horford slow down Joel Embiid that's really going to be the big question because you don't want Al Horford to have so much wear and tear on him already. How are Doc Rivers and the rest of the Philadelphia 76ers coaching staff going to match up with so many guards that the Celtics have now and how deep they are? So that'll be very interesting. And then their second game of the season is down in Miami on Friday. So two very, very tough matchups ready to go. Um, like 76ers in the heat, those are clearly two two top five teams in the East, maybe even top three or four, you know, really depends on who you ask. So that game will be on Friday at 7.30 on ESPN. Clearly the Heat are pissed off about what happened in that insane seven-game Eastern Conference final series. They aren't going to take it lightly. Bam Adebayo doesn't think Marcus Smart should have won Defensive Player of the Year, so he's going to be fired up. Heat fans are still bitching and moaning about Max Struess stepping out of bounds. Like, yeah, rebounding in this game is going to be vital, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. And then the final game of the week, the Celtics are all over the place. They have their very first back-to-back of the season, Saturday night, 7 p.m., down in Orlando versus the Orlando Magic. You got Paolo Vincero. Uh I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I'm a little biased towards that because I saw him play at Duke. Big fan of his, but that was, this will be the first time that the Celtics get to play against him. You know, and as much as... The Celtics have a very talented backcourt. I mean, so don't the Orlando Magic. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Markel Fultz, the shooting of Terrence Ross. And if the Celtics do lose these first two games against the 76ers and the Heat, I don't think they will. I, I think they'll split, and that's all that you can really ask for. I mean, obviously, we would love a 2-0 and type of situation, but if you can split, I still think this is a must-win game, and the Celtics can't take these... Indiana Pacers, Orlando Magic, Sacramento Kings games for granted. Now, we're going to see some tanking this year that we've never probably seen before in the NBA. Everyone everyone wants to go after, uh, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart on his name. Wen Binyama, um, everyone, is that how you pronounce the name? Am I having a brain fart right now? Wen Binyama, yeah, that's his name, isn't it? Yeah. Anyways, and then also Scoot, you know, the the guard, those are like the top two, you know, franchise changing type guards. So there's going to be some tanking this season that we've never seen. But with that being said, you cannot take these games lightly. So tough little first week for the Boston Celtics, but we're here and we're going to do a season preview with this with this podcast, episode 189. Thanks so much for tuning in um, as always. But yeah, um, you know, every single year I've given like a season preview. I've never really gone back to see like how spot spot on I either was or wasn't. Um, but I'm going to give you what I think the conference standings are going to be, who's going to be in the semifinals, who's going to be in the Eastern Conference finals, who's going to be in the NBA finals. And then I'm going to give you a, um, I'm also going to give you a breakdown of what I think each player should or can do this season. But for right now, I do want to talk about what I'm expecting as a team this year. So last year, the Celtics finished 12th in points, 15 in field goal percentage, 14th in three point percentage, second in field goal percentage. 
uh, I'm sorry, free throw percentage, fifth in rebounding, 14th in assists per game, 13th in turnovers per game, and 24th in pace. That part really annoys me, and I think that part's going to change, and I'll talk about that in a second. And then so far in this preseason, whether the the guys are fired up, ready to go, or the Joe Missoula really knows what what he's doing and knows you know what the guys need and 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 don't need, um, they're number one in scoring, number three in offensive rating, fifth in defensive rating, third in effective field goal percentage, third in true shooting, which is just means the the shots that they're taking are great shots. They're open shots, and the best part is that they're fucking making them. They're number one in assists, but 29th in defensive rebounds and 22nd in offensive rebounds and then 17th in turnovers. So this season, I'm expecting them to be top 10 in points per game, top 12 in field goal percentage, top 10 in three-point percentage, top five in free throw percentage, top seven in assists per game, and the pace has to be top 12. The pace has to change. And I, I think we've seen that. I think you know Joe Mazzulla has told these guys, the second you get a rebound, Go, because Al Horford, he can bring the ball up. Jason Tatum can bring the ball up. Jalen Brown can bring the ball up. Marcus, Malcolm, Peyton, Derek, uh, maybe not Blake Griffin, uh, Sam Hauser. Like, all these guys, number 12, depends on who you ask. Like, all these guys can get a rebound and bring the ball up the court, and that will help with pace. Go fill your lanes. Cut to the basket if you can. If not, we'll set up a play. we got 24 seconds to make that happen. But the Celtics' pace has to improve. I think they have to score more points per game this year. I think their field goal percentage has to be better. I think that this team is going to take a lot of three-pointers. I think this team will probably take top five or six most three-pointers in the league. And, again, that's fine. That's what, you know, the guys want. That's obviously what made them effective last year. Uh, so that's obviously very important. I think their assists are going to be bonkers this year. You know how, if you've listened to this podcast, if you give me 25 assists, it's going to be really hard to beat the Celtics. And I think that we're going to see that more than we ever have over the last few years. But my big concerns with this team are turnovers and rebounding. And here's a, and here's the deal with no Rob for a while and Al Horford not getting any younger. And I know I've said this the last couple of weeks, but I really need to send this home. Joe Missoula is going to play with a lot of multiple guard sets because Derek White can guard multiple positions. Brogdon can. Marcus can. It just works that way. But rebounding is going to be so important. Rebounding could make or break this team early in the season. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying they can't go to the NBA Finals because of it. I'm just saying they are going to be... When, when we look back at a couple games this year and we go, why did the Celtics lose? We're going to say rebounding, and that sucks. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, shit, to be honest with you, everyone has to set up or step up rebounding-wise, or else this team is fucked. Because this team, even though the defense is going to be top of the line, unreal, probably you know, top five again, top three, number one, whatever you want to say defensively, points per game, defensive rating, whatever, you can't give up 15 or 16 offensive rebounds a night. You just can't do it. There are too many talented teams in this league, especially the teams in the Eastern Conference, that can hurt you in those type of situations. And if you're going to hold a team to, let's say, six or seven offensive rebounds, which would be great, you also can't turn the ball over 17 times either. The turnovers were brutal last year, especially in the finals and in the playoffs. And then you said, okay, they're grown up. They're pissed off. They know what to do. They're, they know where everyone's more comfortable with, with each other. And then we look in the preseason, and they're averaging 18.5 turnovers per game. 
Like, why? Why? And listen, I know it's still preseason, but I'm just going off the eye test. The Celtics are still giving up the ball in very stupid ways. They have to take care of the ball. They can't force it anymore. There's so much talent out there with this basketball team. Everyone has to know that, right? Everyone knows, oh, wow, that guy on the floor is talented. That's great. And then you move on with your life. It's not like, you know... Someone on the Houston Rockets driving to the hoop and going, ah, fuck, I got no one to pass it up to. I'll just see how this goes. There's so much talent out there. So if it's not there, make the right pass because someone else will make the best of it. And listen, I get that offensive fouls or turnovers in the league and all that, but Jalen and Jason can't be having five or six turnovers a game. It can't be a thing. Those guys can take it to the rim if they want. They can finish strong. They can hit their free throws. Well, hopefully Jalen can. But if it out, if it ain't there, kick it out. Drive and kick, drive and pray. Like you, you just can't dribble into traffic and force a pass that's not there. And I think they can do it. Now, let's talk about the player predictions real quick. Because again, you know, when I first started this podcast 189 episodes ago or 188 episodes ago, I was I was doing like one hour long podcasts, and I realized, you know, like my buddy Big T, ADHD to the tenth degree or the nth degree, whatever the fucking saying is. So I'm trying to keep this under 90 minutes. So my player predictions are a little bit more, I don't know, how can I, how can I say it? A little bit more specific than what I want this team to do at like, you know, how I mentioned, oh, they need to be top seven in assists per game. I understand that's very specific, but I think if they're top seven, like in assists per game, good luck if you had the defense from the other team. So first off, we got to start off with Jason Tatum. Now, I don't think he's going to score as many points as he did last year. You know, is he still going to drop, you know, maybe 24, 25 points a game? Absolutely. Of course he is. Anyone who doesn't think that is fucking asinine. But his three-point shooting hasn't been great in this preseason. And I think he's going to grow up a lot as a team player, not as a selfish person, but realizing I got a good core here. I got some help here. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. And I think he's going to have a career high in assists per game. And I think he's going to have a career high in rebounds per game. I could, I would love to see a Jason Tatum stat line this year where he averages 25 points a game, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. If Jason Tatum can do that, and Jalen Brown can keep doing what he's been doing so far in this preseason, oh, whew, just got chills thinking about it. So... Jalen needs to, I mean, Jason needs to continue scoring, but also realize he's got some help, get those guys involved, and rebound the fucking basketball. Jalen Brown, guess what? Rebound the fucking basketball. Jalen Brown, in my opinion, will be your leading scorer this season for the Boston Celtics, and he will also make the all-star team with his teammate, Jason Tatum. I think I understand that the Eastern Conference is very deep. You can make an argument that the Eastern Conference this year is as deep as it's been in a very, very long time. I think it's deeper than the Western Conference. And you haven't been able to say that in the NBA for a very, very long time. So Jalen Brown will lead the Celtics in scoring this year. I really and truly think he's going to take his offensive game to another level. Hopefully he can make his free throws and not turn the ball over while he's dribbling. It looks like his ball handling uh, improved. You know, the other night in Montreal against the uh, Toronto Raptors. He had a sick behind the back dribble, went up for the dunk. It was delightful. It was delicious. It was lovely. So hopefully that can continue. Then you have Marcus Smart. Now, this isn't me being like, oh, Marcus Smart sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Marcus Smart's just not going to win back to back defensive player of the year. 
But I do think Marcus Smart will work harder than ever to get more guys involved than he ever has before. I, I think that pass from Smart to Tatum versus the Nets at the buzzer instead of Marcus Smart jacking up a three is something we will see more from Marcus Smart this year. As long as he doesn't do those cute, stupid passes with the dumb shot fake before, holy shit, I hope that goes away. Oh, man, if people ask, hey, why did Tim, Timmy G, the kid up in Section 315, die at a young age? It's because of those stupid, cute Marcus Smart passes. That literally will be in my obituary. So, Mom, if you're listening, just write that down. Thanks. So I really and truly think that Marcus Smart knows he is the starting point guard of this team. I think Marcus Smart knows he is the best defensive player on this team. Again, we can argue that Rob is too. Fine, whatever. It's like apples to oranges or apples to apples, whatever. But Marcus Smart needs to realize that there could be some times that if he doesn't get other guys involved and Malcolm Brogdon does, Malcolm Brogdon may get a couple more minutes than Marcus. And we know that Marcus Smart doesn't like that. So I think Marcus Smart it will be more of a team player than he ever has been before. And then we go to Al Horford. Al Horford, in my opinion, has to, will, needs to, must, Hopefully, we'll average double-double this year. Last year, he averaged 10 boards and, I'm sorry, 10 points and almost eight boards a game. The points will be there. The points will always be there for Al. He's great with the pick and roll, great with the pick and pop. He gets to the right spot. He's got very good hands around the rim. He can back down players, et cetera, et cetera. But the rebounds have to be there as well. Horford, best career year, I think it was 2009, 2010, he averaged 9.9 rebounds per game. And that has to happen again. I, Al Horf, If Al Horford can give us 12 and 10 this year, that'd be super duper. And then we come back to Rob Williams. <sighs> I don't think Rob's going to be back until Christmas. I think they're going to take it like an Usher song, nice and slow with him. But when he does come back, he won't be playing in a lot of back-to-backs. But after the All-Star break, we are going to see the Rob Williams that was 100% healthy and 100% peak Rob Williams last season. He's going to help carry this defense. He's going to score a lot of baskets. He's going to rebound the ball very well, block a lot of shots. Because one of the things that I'm also a little nervous about when it comes to the Celtics because of Rob is I'm afraid teams are going to drive on the Celtics more. They're not going to be afraid to attack the rim because now there's not a shot blocker there. Yes, I remember Al Horford at at the beginning of last season, led the league in blocks at one point. It was like him and Rob like battling back and forth blocks per game. Sure, but I just think that teams are going to be like, wait, Rob Williams isn't on the floor, and they're going to attack the rim. So obviously when Rob comes back, that's going to change. But one thing that I will not be surprised, and I'm not saying this as, oh my God, this is what has to happen. All I'm saying is, is if the starting lineup of... Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford are doing well in their winning basketball games, I can see Rob coming off the bench. I I really and truly do. Because the Celtics need to be very cautious with this situation because if they're not, Rob's career could be finished much earlier than any of us want. So I think the Celtics are going to play it very... They're going to be very concerned all season and they're going to take every single little thing that Rob Williams does very seriously so if he has to come off the bench here or there I could see that happening now could I also see sometimes you know Al Horford coming off the bench instead I think Joe Mazzulla is really going to switch up the starting lineup because I feel like he feels that everyone is comfortable playing with each other which is great and speaking about being comfortable Derek White 
I think Derek White will have his best three-point shooting percentage of his career. He hit a shitload of threes the other night against the Toronto Raptors in the final preseason game. The amount of open shots he will get from this team and all their insane ball movement will be crazy. Um, I mentioned this before. I know he mentioned it. He he looks, he knows, he sounds. He's playing more comfortable, which is huge for this team. So if Derek White can feel more comfortable saying, okay, now that I have the ball in this situation, I can attack the rim, and I know Jalen will do a backdoor cut, or I know, you know, Tatum's going to fade over here in the corner, and I can find them, and if it's not there, I can do my little floater that for whatever reason always goes in but I can also look around and say oh no one else is open there's only maybe seven seconds left in the shot clock I feel comfortable taking this three-pointer so I'm really looking forward to Derek White having one of his not one of his his best three-point percentage of his career now Malcolm Brogdon I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to average more assists per game than points per game and you're probably saying what the fuck that's not why we fucking got him but it kind of is because we needed someone to get the offense going. And sometimes you just need a, a point guard that can find the guys in the right spots and have guys play with a guy to say, oh, Malcolm's got the ball. I know that if I do my part, I could get the ball and then score. So listen, if Malcolm Brogdon can average more assists than points in the regular season and then his scoring steps up as well as his assists in the postseason, then let's go because I believe the pace of the Boston Celtics 24th slowest team in the NBA last year like that's bad he is going to be a big reason why I want them to have a top 12 pace in the league this year and Malcolm Brogdon is going to be a huge part of that and then we can talk about Luke Cornett and Luke Cornett I'll just say it to you this way bud just survive until Rob comes back know your role shut your mouth hit your three-pointers if they're wide open like again only if they're wide open Thanks so much. Peyton Pritchard, sorry, bud. This team is deep, and you might be SOL in this type of situation. You might not play a lot, but when you do, please be yourself. Don't try and do too much. A lot of people like you in the city. A lot of people like you back in Oregon, and I think that a lot of players like you on this team don't ruin those chances that you have. And then speaking about another three-point shooter, you have Sam Hauser because Sam Hauser. If you're listening, I know you're not, but if you are, you better be ready, kid. You had a solid preseason, shot the ball very well, didn't shoot the ball that well in the last preseason game. That's fine. You're bound to have off nights. I am high on Sam Hauser right now. Again, very impressed with his defense. I thought it sucked, but it's actually okay. Not great, but okay. So as long as he's hitting threes and can defend, I can understand why Joe Missoula puts him out there. And then you have Blake Griffin. Keep making the team happy. Keep talking about Tatum and Brown and the culture and how great it is and how much you love it. Don't shoot. Just rebound. Take charges. Thank you very much. Glad you're here. And just a quick congratulations to Noah Vonley. Glad to see that he made the team. Love to see a local kid wearing green, but it's kind of like the same thing as Luke Cornett. Know your role. Shut your mouth. Keep playing hard on both ends of the floor. Rebound. Only take shots that you absolutely need to and are wide open to. And for the love of God, when you're setting a screen, please keep your feet still. Thank you very much. And then finally, of course, number 12. Let's talk about number 12. Number 12 could get his rookie extension. Brandon Clark just signed his four years, $52 million. 
a lot of rookies could be signing them. The deadline is end of day Monday. From my understanding, it could be like some stupid time at 3 o'clock. And here's the thing. Can I see why the Celtics didn't offer him one? Yes, of course I can. Talking to the wrong person for that. Can I see why number 12 wouldn't sign it? Yes, I can. Because if number 12 goes out and improves and shows, hey, I'm getting better year by year. I want some money. There are teams out there that are willing to pay and might overpay for him. Because, listen, he is technically a restricted free agent because he's on this rookie deal. The Celtics can match it because, you know, he is a restricted free agent. So, number 12 probably wants 15 to $17 million a year, which I guess in the NBA these days isn't that bad. Do I think it should be more like 13 to 15 Sure. Again, another, con- another conversation for another day. But Jordan Poole, the kid from the Warriors that pissed me off and broke my heart. <laughs> this kid literally just signed a four-year, $140 million. This kid's coming off the fucking bench. Four-year, $140 or four-year, $140 million deal. Four years, $140 million. That's on average about $35 million a year, which is more money than what Devin Booker's making this year. Carl Anthony Towns, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid, James Harden, The Joker, etc., etc. What the fuck are we doing out here, people? So if, if, if I'm number 12, I'm saying to myself, well, Jesus Christ, Jordan Poole got that money. I played in the NBA Finals too, and I don't score as much as he does, but I do other things better than him, you know, defensively, you know, whatever the case may be. So if number 12 can be more versatile for this team, he will get his money, and the Celtics most likely will match. But he has to do more than just stand in the corner and hit threes. He has to be willing to drive and kick more. He has to be willing to drive to the hoop more, use you know those broad shoulders of his. He has to rebound the ball better. He has to shut the fuck up when the when it comes to talking to the refs. He thinks he like should be a guy getting calls. Um, no, Jason Tatum barely does. He has to grow up. Number twelve, being the same guy from last year won't make me you, his agent, or other teams happy. Grant Williams, I think, averaged, what, eight points a game last year? Grant Williams needs to average 11 to 12 points, especially without Rob Williams playing. The fact that this team could be playing number 12 at the five spot while the Time Lord is is injured is horrifying to me, very scary, but if this kid can work on his conditioning, can rebound the basketball, can jump, can score in the paint versus just standing in the corner for a three, then sure, pay the kid his fucking money. But for right now, he's still number 12, and I don't like it. All right, so before I let you go, for the season preview of episode 189, I only got a few minutes left here. I tried to keep it under 30 minutes. It's going to be pretty close. So maybe like 31 or 32. So my apologies. And thanks for tuning in. This is my prediction for the conference standings for each conference. First, we'll start off with the Western Conference. I think the Nuggets are going to be the number one seed. I really think that Jamal Murray coming back is a big deal. I think the Joker is only going to get better. They got a good team over there. Number two, the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard's back. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, 
Stand By Your Man, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, and then, oh, by the way, John Wall, if he can even be half of what John Wall was with the Washington Wizards or the Washington Bullets, whatever they're called now, watch out. That's a really good deep team. Tyron Lue is one of the better coaches in the NBA. Watch out. I think the Warriors are going to be third. I think they're going to have a little bit of a championship hangover. Then I'm going to have the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Suns. The sixth seed will be the Dallas Mavericks. The Pelicans will be the seventh seed. The Lakers will be the eighth seed. But I think that the Lakers are going to lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves in the play-in game and actually not make the main part of the playoffs. And then... I think the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Clippers, and Warriors, they all move on. I think the Nuggets beat the Grizzlies. I think the Clippers beat the Warriors. And I think the Clippers make it to the NBA Finals. Yes, I just said that I believe that the Los Angeles Clippers are going to make the NBA Finals because I think Kawhi Leonard taking that much time off, he's going to be fresh to death. He is going to go all out. And we all know how good Kawhi Leonard is. Now when it comes to the Eastern Conference standings, this could upset up some Celtics fans, but you know me, I, I try and be realistic. I think the number one seed is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. I really and truly do. Then the Milwaukee Bucks, the Celtics will be the three seed, Nets four, Cavs five, the Heat will be six, the uh, the Atlanta Hawks will be seventh, and I honestly, really, truly, and I, I will take this to my grave, I think the Detroit Pistons are going to be the eighth seed. I really do. Now, I think they're going to get smoked by the 76ers in the first round, but I think the Pistons team is ready to go. Sadiq Bey is good. If Marlin, uh, Marvin Bagley can continue his good play that he had last year, he'll be good. Cade Cunningham, um, that Ivy kid that they got in the draft, this team's going to be good. And, you know, they clearly gave the Celtics trouble last year. So I think the Pistons are going to be that eighth seed. Now, as far as wins go for the Boston Celtics this season, I think they're going to win 54 games. 54 games. They're going to be 54 and 28 this year. So I think the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Celtics all move on to round two. So the the Celtics would beat the Heat in round one, a brutal round one. I think the 76ers play the Nets, and the Nets win. And then the Bucks play the Celtics, and I think the Celtics win. And I think the Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. They make it back to the Finals. Can they win it? I don't know. Should they? Yes. Can they? I think so. Are they motivated? Yes. But in my opinion, even if they don't make it to the NBA Finals, anything less than an Eastern Conference Finals appearance from this basketball team is a major disappointment. And that's it for episode 189 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Don't forget to go to BigNightShop.com, click the Banner Banter Podcast page from the Big Night Media tab and use the discount code BBP18 for 20% off your entire order. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast at all. As always, I can't believe I will be back in section 315, row 15, for another season of the Boston Celtics. Let's fucking go! Have a great week, everyone. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.